How about now? Yeah. All right. My fault, not his. Let the record show. Alicia, great job. Man, incredible. Hey, yeah, let her give her another hand. Amazing. What a voice. We all have hills, we all have valleys in life, but very few of us can sing like that. <laughs> I'm speaking to myself, believe you me. Wow, that's awesome. You know, it's so cool to see the things that God brings into his body, all the different talents, all the different abilities. How many understand, like the scriptures tell us, that every single one of us plays a vital role? Every single one of you here has a vital role to play in seeing God's big plan and purpose accomplished. There's no such thing as an unimportant gift. There's no such thing as an unimportant person in the body and the family of Christ. Can I get an amen? amen? If you don't believe that, I want you to turn to your neighbor right now and say, you are important. You are important. Come on. We've been, through the month of August, uh, we've been giving some... Just, we wanted to make this a month with good, practical how-tos when it comes to us learning how to position ourselves for growth. If you've missed any of, the, any of these weeks, I know it's summer and people are away. Uh, they're all online. They're all on the podcast. The first part of this uh, message that we did last weekend, uh, uh, we started to talk about how we can intentionally train ourselves for growth. You know, I don't think it's a good strategy to go through life just reacting to what happens. I think it's better for us to be proactive in growing and becoming the kind of people God wants us to be. You can intentionally set yourself up for growth so that you can start to head down the right path that God has for your life. You can start to intentionally train yourself. You know, if somebody wants to build a 50-story building, they've got to lay a certain foundation for that. You wouldn't dream of trying to build that building on a residential house foundation, nor would you build a big, giant, huge foundation only to slap a bungalow on it. You want to build your life with a foundation that can go somewhere for God. And I believe God has a call and a plan and a purpose for every uh, single person here. And I think as we've gone through these issues, you know, some people might say, these messages have all been out of order. We should have started with these two. I, I don't think so. I love the fact that we started with dealing with difficult, disappointment, discouraging times in life, and then we went on to forgiveness. If you missed either of those, check them out online because every single one of us is going to have to deal with those issues more than once. Once we learn how to deal with some of those, and those are big obstacle issues. I think sometimes if somebody was to want to try to start implementing, you know, growth plans and want to start taking their life somewhere, but you're still trying to drag around all this unforgiveness baggage or you're still trying to drag around all this hurt, it's going to be a battle. Let's first learn to get freedom in the Lord and then start to build our lives into the place he wants them to be. Amen. This is obviously a season of change around here and in our own lives and also as a church. Uh, I want to give a big shout out to our church staff. You know, we've had a lot of changes this summer. Uh, our offices are here now. We've moved from Main Street. That, pro that property which sold, uh, that deal closes this Thursday, actually. Uh, the new owners take ownership on Thursday. So we are out of there. We are here. Our offices are back here. And as you know, last weekend, we've been experimenting with new technologies, even with the message, uh, you know, having our team get used to trying new things, get used to trying new ideas as we get ready for a second campus. There's been a lot of change. There's been a lot of, uh, uh, of new things happening. And I think we should give all the church staff a great hand for all the hard work and faithfulness they've been displaying. Some of you asked me last week, what was it like to preach to an empty room? 
which I did. Well, there was about four people in here uh, last weekend, and uh, it was interesting. I just pretended you were all here smiling at me. <laughs> Tried to give long enough pauses for jokes, hoping that somebody would laugh. <laughs> okay, I'm standing up here in silence. I hope someone's laughing out there. It's all new season for us, but how exciting is it to be in a new season of advancement and taking new territory? Amen? Now, Isaiah 54, 2. I want to look at this here today as part two of this uh, series, this, this four weeks. Uh, we're finishing with these two on how to intentionally grow. I used life gains just as a play on words from uh, the idea of summer gains and people who intentionally target a season of life to grow more exponentially than normal and really hit it, whether it be in their health or their finances or relationships. Uh, say, I'm not going to just take my usual growth pattern. I'm going to step it up for these next few months. And I think coming into September, like I said last week, this is like another new year. This is a perfect time for us to take this approach between September and uh, the real new year. Uh, and I believe that you can look back in four months and realize I've already started to progress. It does not take very long to start to see results when we're intentional. Amen? Isaiah 54.2 says, Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch your tent curtains wide. Listen to this line. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cords. Strengthen your stakes. The same level of spiritual growth and discipline that us as individuals and us as a church may have needed to get into our last uh, new territory, that's not going to sustain us into the next territory God has. He always wants us to be expanding and extending ourselves, wants us to be stretched, wants us to enlarge. And I love that it says, don't hold back. Well, you serve a big God, and he wants you to stretch yourself. He wants to, you to expand yourself because he's able to come and to use you in ways that will start to boggle your mind. The last time we had a building expansion as a church was 1997 when this facility opened. We added this onto the old building that's here. For those who are new have come since then, that used to be the whole church where the kids meet now. That was the auditorium. 97, what we needed to step into this new season is different than what we need now in 2017 to step into a whole new season and have multiple sites, multiple locations. It's the same in our personal lives as it is in our church life uh, together. I think it's uh, important for us to understand that in our lives as believers, God wants us to expand, and I believe this is an expansion season. I believe this is a time to expand, and this is a time for us to grow uh, as believers. You know, in large territory, if we're going to enlarge our territory, as the scriptures encourage us to, that entails a lot. That entails a lot of things uh, if we're going to enlarge. Enlarged territory requires an enlarged capacity. I'm going to get to these a little bit later, but I want to just quickly lay out some of the things we're looking at here. Enlarged capacity, enlarged discipline, enlarged love, enlarged trust, enlarged relationships, enlarged commitment. For us to expand, there's going to be a way that it tangibly shows up and that we can say, I'm expanding and I'm extending myself. I'm stretching myself. I'm a big believer in life. I like to come up with ideas and come up with goals, but then I like to break it down to its simplest form. I'm not a big fan in just, let's all grow and become all we can be in God. And we go home and it's just this vague idea floating around with nothing real tangible to measure it by. I love to get things just back to their basic measurable point. I find in life when we do that, you can then start to look at all the steps that will take you to your goal, even if there's 30 of them. That's fine. Then you're able to see one small step at a time taking place. Sometimes if we don't break down our ideas, we just look at a big idea hanging there and we think, that can never happen. 
hey, it might, it might involve a lot of steps, but start to work through them and watch what God will do. So I'm going to give you some more practical tools here this morning, like we did last weekend, on how to intentionally grow and intentionally expand. Those who were here last weekend, I hope that you're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you in one of those four areas to start to grow in, to start to uh, see the Lord change and begin to transform you. Uh, And if you missed last weekend, you'll have to go listen to it to find out what those four areas are. Or you can cheat and look at the notes on the uh, church app. Now, first point I want to start off with you today is we must enlarge. Turn to your neighbor and say, we must enlarge. You know, it's a, it's a common prayer among Christians to say, God, give me more. More of you, more of your presence, more of your anointing, more of this, more of that. Lord, give me more, give me more, give me more. I need more of you. And I think we all can agree that our God loves to pour out more, and let's be real, he has a lot more. He's got it all. He's got more than more. He's got more than enough for you and I. But here's a question we need to be real with ourselves on. What vessel are we offering him? It's great to say pour out more, but is there anywhere for him to pour out more? Are we presenting him with the opportunity to pour out more? Or are we saying, I'm going to remain exactly as I've been for years. I'm never going to change, but I want you to keep loading me up with more. I want you to keep pouring more and more and more out on me, but I'm not going to stretch. I'm not going to let it go and, you know, not hold back and expand and extend and stretch myself. But I want you to. I want you to keep extending more of you on uh, on me, but I'm comfortable how I am. It doesn't work that way. And I want to share a story with you here. We're going to look at 2 Kings chapter 4. And this kind of just, this brings it all home. This, I hope, will motivate you and encourage you this morning that God wants to pour more on you. And you can position yourself to receive more. How many want all that God has for you in your life? Amen? 2 Kings 4, verses 1 to 7. It says, One day the widow of a member of the group of prophets came to Elisha and cried out, My husband who served you is dead, and you know how he feared the Lord, but now a creditor has come threatening to take my two sons as slaves. What can I do to help you? Elisha asked. Tell me, what do you have in your house? She said, nothing at all except a flask of olive oil. And he said, borrow as many empty jars as you can from your friends and neighbors. Then go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. Pour olive oil from your flask into the jars, setting each one aside when it's filled. So she did as she was told. Her sons kept bringing jars to her, and she filled one after another. Soon every single container was full to the brim. Bring me another jar, she said to one of her sons. There aren't any more. He told her, and then the olive oil stopped flowing. When she told the man of God what happened, he said to her, Now sell the olive oil, pay your debts, and you and your sons can live on what's left over. (coughs) Now there's a few points I want to highlight from this. This is a great story, and this is a story that's something you and I can take and apply into our own lives. The first thing I want us to make sure we get here, a, a couple quick points. I love how he says, Borrow as many empty jars as you can, and go into your house and shut the door behind you. Now, I, I want to explain this, first of all. When it says she had a flask of oil, this is like a little tiny flask that they would use for anointing people in prayer. So you could hold it in the palm of your hand, and then they would just kind of dip it out and anoint people with oil in prayer. That's what she had in her house. When he says, go get jars, go get jugs, what they're referring to is these big olive oil jugs. 
these huge, you know, that would kind of line the sides of their kitchens. So we're talking, she has this, and he's saying, go gather as many of these as you can. Go gather as many of these as you can. Okay, we're going to get to that in a minute. The first thing I love here, it says, go into your house with your sons and shut the door behind you. You know where you are going to receive more in your life, where God is going to transform you, where God is going to change you, where God is going to do a new thing in you. It's not going to be chasing around the latest, greatest conference, the latest, greatest worship band, the latest, greatest prophet. It's going to be by yourself with the door shut in the presence of God. That's where it happens. That's how he operates in our lives. Often we are looking at things through natural eyes and we want the big show, the latest, greatest show. And God says, shut the door, get with me alone and watch out. I'm going to start filling your jugs. I'm going to start pouring out upon you. And life is going to be transformed in the presence of God. The second little line in here that I love, I love finding these little Just these small little lines when you read these stories. You know, something like that. Shut the door. This one here, verse 5. She did as she was told. This is a simple one, but let's be real. She has this in her home, and she knows that's all she has. And this guy says, go get as many of these jugs as you can. How many of us would have argued a little and said, maybe you don't understand how olive oil works, but I only have this much. I'm going to get like that much in the bottom of one of these jugs. She doesn't start arguing and rationalizing, and I've never heard that idea before, and you don't know what you're talking about. She understood. I'm talking to somebody who's further along than I am, somebody who's uh, further developed in their walk with God, somebody who's been down the road a lot longer than I. I'm going to do what I'm being asked to do. Sometimes the simple act of obedience will unlock God's blessing in our lives. And I believe it's so key as believers that we learn to have that humility, that teachableness, that obedience. It's not a fruit of the Spirit to be independent-minded and to always want it to be my way all the time, and I'm always right, and yada, yada, yada. That's, that's not a fruit of the Spirit. The opposite are what we see uh, Jesus teach us in the Sermon on the Mount. The opposite are what we see in the fruits of the Spirit, a humility, a humbleness, a love uh, for the Lord, and to be able to say, yeah, I'll do what you're asking me to do, even if <laughs> making a whole lot of sense. Sometimes it doesn't make sense, but God gets all the glory in the end. Amen? Okay, so he's speaking to her, and I believe you and I need to receive this the same way. He's speaking prophetically to her, saying, go get as many huge jugs as you can. Understand this. Had she gone and got two of those big jugs, she would have filled two of them. If she had gone and got 50 of them, she would have filled 50 of them. Because the issue here is not God's capacity. The issue here is not what God has. The issue is what can we take in? What vessel are we offering him? How much can he pour out upon us? What is our capacity? Not what's his capacity. His capacity is endless. (laughs) You just keep pouring out and drown us forever. It's what's our capacity able to receive from him. You and I need to learn, and I believe we can intentionally build our lives to have an expanded capacity to receive more from the Lord. There's an intentional way to do this. There's an intentional way to extend ourselves. And like the first verse says, don't hold back. Expand yourself and watch what God's going to do. You know, I was chatting with someone recently here, and they told me a great story about how God had opened an opportunity up just right out of the blue one day. With one of their friends, they were able to uh, start to ch- chat with them about the Lord, and the person asked for uh, some prayer and just some uh, help in a situation in life, someone who's not a believer. And uh, they were, she said, I was a bit nervous about this, you know, but uh, I thought, hey, I'm going to take the opportunities God brings me. 
and I got to pray with this person, encourage them, talk with them. And long story short, the person ended up becoming a believer. The person ended up giving their hearts to Jesus not too long ago. And as they're telling me this story, from that one example, she goes on and says, and then just it seemed like kind of out of the woodwork, like this person would come up to me, you know, here or at work or over here. People were coming up to me and asking to talk to me and saying, I know there's something different about you. I need help. And, she, and she's going on and on how God's opening all these doors. And I stopped her and I said, I want you to make sure you're understanding something. This story is fantastic, but I want to make sure you're getting the big principle. You were faithful with the first opportunity God brought along. It's no surprise that he's now bringing more and more and more. It's one thing for us to say, God, bring more opportunities. Lord, use me more. But then do we kind of chicken out and run the other way when the first opportunity comes? When we respond the way she did, God catches, God, that catches God's attention. And he says, oh, I can send more people here. Here's somebody who will step out of their comfort zone. And they acknowledged to me. They said, I was nervous and it was, felt kind of awkward and weird. But I thought, hey, God, this is all you. You know, this ain't all about me. This is all about you. God starts to provide more when we are faithful with what we currently have, with what we currently have in our lives to do. Amen? <laughs> I believe that God is not interested in pouring out more anointing, more blessing, more of his presence, his power, his Holy Spirit, just so you and I can kick back at home and enjoy it for ourselves. Just hog it all for ourselves. Lord, just keep giving me more because, boy, I like sitting around enjoying more. It feels good to have more of you as I sit home and do nothing with it. God's not in the business of operating that way. He's not in the business of uh, pouring out that way. God is a God of impartation, blessing, and release. This is the pattern that will develop in your life. Impartation, blessing, and release. Impartation, blessing, and release. All the time. It's not meant for you and I to just say we're bloated with more. It's for us to be conduits that he flows through. More keeps coming and more keeps going out. More keeps coming into us, more keeps getting released to people around us. This is what God wants to do in every single one of our lives. I believe that the number one change a Christian can make towards health is to get back on the mission we were created for. Get back on that simple mission that God has us here for. Jesus went to the cross for people. If you want to break it down to its simplest form, we love the Lord and we love people. It's all about him. This is all about the Lord being made famous in your community, in your workplace, in your family, in your home. We want to get back on the mission that God has us here for. And then I believe we can pray for more and God will pour out more because he sees us releasing more. He sees that we're not just interested in looking you know, all about me and hogging it all for myself, but we're willing to pour out and bless other people. And this leads us to point number two, grow with the flow. Turn to your neighbor and say, grow with the flow. Now, the Dead Sea between Jordan and Israel is the lowest body of water on earth. Okay, so it doesn't take a uh, scientist to figure out what's happening here. This body of water has an intake, of course, but then it has no outtake because it's the lowest body of water on earth. Hence, it's called the Dead Sea. Water pours into this thing, but then it just sits there and evaporates, leaving mineral content behind. So much so, check this out. You don't want to get a mouthful of this if you're swimming in the Dead Sea. The Dead Sea is comprised of 25% salt content. The water evaporates over time, and all the salt, it just sits there. You could float around all day long and never have to swim or do anything. 25% salt. 
It's a dead sea, and there's a very common principle you see in Scripture and you read about when you study uh, you know, theology and you start to learn uh, about the Bible. And there's a very common principle called the dead sea principle. And what this refers to is people who want to take in, take in, take in, but never flow out. Spiritually, you can end up having all sorts of knowledge. You can be all bloated on all sorts of great ideas and all sorts of book smarts, and you can die spiritually if there's no outflow. You can become stagnant. You can become just kind of like the Dead Sea. We all are created. God wants us to be vessels that pour out of us. He pours in and he pours out. If you want to remain vibrant and alive in your walk with God, this is my best advice to you. Get busy and get involved as a kingdom builder. When you get busy and you get involved as a kingdom builder, you start learning for the purpose of putting that learning and that knowledge to action. You've heard my dad tell stories about all the years that Arlene Farmer was here as a kingdom builder. She didn't go to Bible school. She wasn't, you know, uh, super smart when it came to all that stuff. She got saved later in life, but she got busy as a kingdom builder. Busy in the lives of people, helping people, loving people, caring for people. When you get busy as a kingdom builder, all of a sudden now people ask you questions. People come up against strongholds, obstacles, opposition in their life. And you've heard him tell the stories about her. She would constantly get back into the word, go do research, go do reading to find the answers and find the help that people needed. She wasn't just accumulating knowledge and skill just so she could look smart. It was practically being put to use all the time as a kingdom builder. You will learn more as a kingdom builder than you ever will sitting in classes and uh, online courses. When you get busy as a kingdom builder, you start to add new skills to your life. When you're busy as a kingdom builder, you're, you're not just wanting to, uh, you know, serve in your area and for the next 45 years do the exact same thing. You want to keep expanding yourself. You want to keep taking on new skills. You want to keep uh, being a, a bigger asset to your team. You want to keep learning how to do more in the kingdom of God. You expand yourself with time. You expand your skill set. You expand what you give financially. As we constantly are learning and we're constantly growing as kingdom builders, this is where we see God pour more into our lives because he's in the business of his kingdom being built. Jesus went to that cross for people. He went to that cross for other people. We got we to gotta understand this. If you're busy as a kingdom builder, it will always involve people. Always, always going to involve people being a kingdom builder. The useful becomes useless when not used. Let me say that again. The useful, all the, all the knowledge, all the Bible reading, all the time studying, all the good, it's good stuff. It's useful, but it becomes useless if it's not put to use. He doesn't, he's not in the business of us just filling our brains on knowledge so that we can look good. He wants us to put it to use and be busy as kingdom builders. Can I get an amen? Amen. I think when we learn how to expand our territory, expand our capacity, our focus shifts, and it becomes much less about us and much more about him and everybody else around us. Much more about seeing his kingdom built. Much more about seeing other people impacted. You know, one of the things we have to all come to grips with if we're going to be serious about uh, expansion in our lives, and I love that we again got onto a surrender theme in worship, just like we did last night. This is what God's asking for of us, church, a surrendered life. A surrendered life. I know it's not easy. I know it's easier to sing about it than it is to do it, but boy, it is a worthy venture. It is the greatest thing you and I can do with our lives, surrender to him. And watch what he does. But there's a couple of key things that will happen if you decide 
I want to expand. I want to enlarge because I want God to use me more, build me more, flow through me more. There's going to be, without a doubt, two things that you need to just come to grips with and be good with and understand this is going to be part of my life. Growth and expansion always, say always, always requires time and inconvenience. No way around it. Time and inconvenience. If you want to succeed and become all God's called you to be, time and inconvenience will be your friend. And it's not a bad thing. God will help you navigate it. God will make sure you don't just completely burn out. All right? There's, uh, there's the ability of the Holy Spirit to help you begin to expand and take on more and be able to do it successfully. We all love to see the stories or hear the stories of people who accomplish great feats. People, you know, athletes or people in their line of work who become the best of the best. Do you know they live their lives with lots of time and lots of inconvenience being the norm? I like to watch biographies or read biographies on athletes, and I love especially ones who are successful, ones who just become the best at what they do. Because I don't buy at all, like some people do, oh, they were just born with extra talent. No, no, no. They were born with talent like anyone else, and they have given a lot of time and a lot of inconvenience to get that little bit better than all the other best people in the world. When you see somebody who excels at something and they're competing against the best on the planet, pay attention. I remember when the Olympic swimmer, Michael Phelps, right, and he was setting all his records and doing all this stuff. I, I, I looked up a show on his life and they had interviews with his trainer and man, oh man, like Michael Phelps himself said, I wanted to just punch this guy right in the face so many times because I have no life for years. He controls every meal. Every single thing I put in my mouth, this guy controls. Every minute that I'm awake or asleep, he controls. He, like, runs my life. And at times I feel like saying, hit the road, bud, because I'm hitting McDonald's. But he says, I don't, because we're focused on our goal. We're focused on where we're trying to go. And I need to have the time and the inconvenience to get there. Those who are NFL football fans, you may remember a couple of years ago, two seasons ago, if you know Tom Brady, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, their team got eliminated from the playoffs in like the first round or second round. His trainer said this a number of months later. His trainer said he took one week off, and one week later we were in the gym getting ready for next season. The previous season was still going. They hadn't yet played the Super Bowl. It wasn't over yet, and he was already in the gym. I said, I'll give myself one week, and now I'm back at it. He said, I didn't even watch the rest of the playoffs, didn't pay attention. I was focused on next year, and lo and behold, they won last year. It's not a fluke. Well, some win and some don't. The time and the inconvenience. You're not guaranteed that you're going to be number one, per, perhaps, but you will have success. You will become, uh, you know, uh, higher than the average. You will become somebody who God can do tremendous things if you're willing to be at peace with time and inconvenience in your life. Can I get an amen on that encouraging word? Verse 7, I love that it says, pay the, use the oil to pay off your debts and you guys can live off what's left over. This is the God you and I serve. His leftovers are all we need to live successfully off of. His leftovers are enough for you and I to say, wow, God has taken care of my needs and blessed me. And he's sitting there saying, oh, that's just the leftovers you're enjoying. I've got so much, I will pour through you, pour through you, pour through you, pour through you, and I will leave you enough leftover to live a comfortable life. I will, live, uh, I will leave you enough to have your needs met. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously, and he will give you everything else that you need. Your God has so much, the leftovers are all you and I need. That's all you need to live off of. His leftovers are our abundance. His leftovers are more than enough for you and I. Come on, you serve a faithful, generous God. Can I get an amen? So it's time to expand our capacity. And I believe there's many of you here today saying, yes, I want to expand my capacity. 
I want to be able to take on more. I'm going to give you a few uh, quick thoughts here before we finish on how to develop a growth mindset. How to develop a growth mindset. Okay, we went through these quickly at the beginning. I want to just go through these again. And I believe the Holy Spirit will speak to you. The Holy Spirit will begin to drop some things into your mind and into your heart, even right here today as you're sitting here. And you're going to know when you leave where you need to start to put some action into, into, into your life, where you're going to need to start making some changes. I, do not, I don't like messages or Bible teaching to ever be just about us hearing something that sits in our heads. Let's put it to use and watch what God will do. Amen? <clears throat> so enlarged territory requires these things. The first one, it requires an enlarged capacity. Did you know it's possible to develop an enlarged capacity? Spiritually, just like naturally. We, we do it kind of, you know, I, I don't want to say accidentally, but sort of accidentally, naturally, as we start to progress through life, if you start to add more to your life. As you start to add your own, you know, you go from being a teenager, and God bless you teenagers, but I, you know, I kind of chuckle when I hear a teenager complain about how busy their life is. 20 years, you will laugh at that as well. What happens is you start to add more into your life as bills start to come to you and not to your parents. And as a mortgage starts to come or rent starts to come or then children start to come. I think back 15 years ago from today, our oldest daughter turns 14 this upcoming week. 15 years ago, what I would have thought is a stretching, tough season of life today would just be like the greatest vacation ever. Like, hey, I mean, geez. Back then, if you would have told me that, I would have slapped you and said, stop being so harsh, you know. I'm having, a, I'm having a busy season right now. But your capacity changes. Well, it can happen spiritually as well. You can handle more when you're faithful with where you are. But we need to extend ourselves. We need to, you know, so like I said, we start to have children and you start to add more things into your life and your capacity gets expanded or you collapse, I guess, and just pass out, right, one or the other. Do the same thing in your spiritual life. Start to expand yourself a little bit. Start to say yes to some of those new serving opportunities that come. When the classes uh, start to be offered online and on Wednesday nights, oh, I don't know, it's going to make my schedule a bit busier. Yes, it will. Time and inconvenience will be your friend if you want to grow to the next level that God has for you. Start to enlarge your capacity. Start to enlarge uh, what God uh, wants to do uh, in your life. The next thing, enlarged discipline. Everybody's favorite. Enlarged discipline. We talked about this a lot last weekend, but how badly do you want the anointing of God? How much do you want the anointing of God poured out upon your life? Are you willing to be disciplined enough to have that relationship, that intimate love relationship with him? Strip everything else away. Guys, forget about everything else. At the end of the day, he is what matters. He wants to love on us, and he wants us to love him. Everything will flow out of that love relationship. But are we willing to be disciplined enough to not be tagging along sin in our lives and carrying around hurts and offenses and bad attitudes and, uh, you know, bitterness and criticism and all sorts of things, insecurity. Are we willing to start to be disciplined and start to do the things that will lead to success so that the Spirit of God can flow freely through us? He can start to flow in and start to flow out of us. Are we willing to sacrifice and be disciplined for his anointing? The next thing, enlarged love. Like I said a minute ago, and you're going to get busy as a kingdom builder, it always involves people. And God wants us to learn to love people. You know, maybe you've noticed our society and human nature in general could use a dose of love. Hatred is so easy to rile up and so easy to spew out. 
right? And we see that happening more and more and more in the day we live in, and I don't think it's going to necessarily get any better. That, that comes deep from within the heart of human nature, just hatred and opposition and tension and walls and divisions and differences. I think the body of Christ needs to show the world true, authentic love. There's a reason there's a scripture in John that says, they will know you're my followers by your love. Sometimes we read that and think, how are they going to know we love each other? Maybe as the world gets more full of hate and you and I are full of love, we're going to stand out that much more. Let's learn to love on one another. Yeah, even people around you who are, oh, not that easy to love. Maybe even especially them. You and I need to represent enlarged love to the world. Amen? Enlarged trust. Come on, this is ultimately a trust issue. Do you and I trust the word of God? Do you and I trust the promises that we see in scripture? Do you and I really trust God to say, I'm going to enlarge myself, I'm going to inconvenience myself, I'm going to start to get into your word, into your presence, I'm going to learn everything I can from every Bible class that's ever offered, I'm going to serve where I can serve, I'm going to be busy as a kingdom builder. Boy, God, I sure hope you show up and pour out more upon me and use my life for great things. Do you really trust him that he will? We can trust him. He's not a liar. He's not just leading us down some phony path that is a dead end. He wants to do amazing things in our lives, but we've got to trust him. If you truly trust the Lord, you will be willing to surrender. You will be willing to lay everything down. Be willing to let him into the deep, dark places that maybe we haven't trusted him with. He wants to set us free from lies of the enemy. He wants to set us free from hurts. He wants us to be free so that we can truly and fully trust in him. Put our trust in the Lord. How many know your God is trustworthy? Come on, you can trust him. Enlarged relationships. There's no way around this. Like I said, he went to the cross for people. There's no such thing as being a kingdom builder and avoiding people. It's not going to happen. There's no such thing as being a kingdom builder and being isolated. I've said this a number of times in recent months, and, I, I, you know, I pay attention to the feedback I, I get from you and the feedback that I hear, and I'm always amazed to talk to people and hear how much, uh, you know, there's so many relational issues that people are involved in and struggle with, and I've mentioned this a few weeks ago, and I'm going to say it again. Surround yourself with people who believe in you. You know how often I've said that over the months, and people come to me later and say, boy, I needed to hear that, because everybody in my life is always chirping and trying to pull me down where they are. I know sometimes you, have, you live with people like that, perhaps, and you can't necessarily get rid of them, but surround yourselves with people who love and believe in you. Surround yourselves with people who will speak life into you. Surround yourselves with people who will speak scripture into you, who believe in the call and the destiny on your life. Because you know there are going to be times and seasons where you doubt it yourself. You need those people who can look at you with eyes of faith and who don't go through all the same emotion you're in the middle of and say, hey, hey, forget about those lies. You are called. You are anointed. You are going to make it. You are going to be successful. God is going to flow through you. The things that are deep in your heart, they are going to come to pass. Here's what it says in scripture. Here's what God says about you. Get your head up high. I believe in you and God believes in you. We all need people like that in our lives. We need people like that in our lives who will stand with us. It's not a sign of weakness. It's how the body of Christ works. He designed it on purpose this way. You know, I think to myself, I can think of a couple guys in my life who are consistent encouragers. Jamie Wood is one of them. Here he is sitting back there. Jamie Wood, he will send the Perfect script, honestly, the perfect scripture, the right time, the right morning. I'm always consistently amazed how God will drop something into someone's heart to send to somebody else, and they don't even know the impact it's having. 
that encouraging word, that encouraging uh, word, that encouraging scripture, just that encouraging reminder. Matt Jackson, he's another friend. He's not here. His family's here from England, so I can brag on him and embarrass him while he's not around. Same thing. Encouraging texts, encouraging reminders, encouraging scriptures, they always seem to come at the right time. I, like, I see a lot of these men nodding their heads, and you know what I'm talking about with, with those two guys. And there's many more of you as well. There's many people in our church who this is what you do with one another. But we need to learn the value and the necessity to be those sources of encouragement and strength. When God, when you're praying for somebody and he drops that thing into your heart, send it along to them because you have no idea what impact that's going to have. You have no idea what impact uh, it will make into their lives. And, you know, one of the great things I find with, you know, I... I see Jamie's response there, and I know if Matt was here, he'd be kind of sheepish. Don't talk about me. You know, don't say anything about me. God loves that humble heart. People who are loving people because they really want to love people, not because they want everyone to know about it. I love when I come across people and I come across friends who they don't like to be publicly mentioned because they're not doing anything for publicity. They're doing it for Jesus. The older I get, the more I love and appreciate people who have that humble attitude that says, I'm in this to build you and to build you and to build you, and I don't care if nobody ever gives me a second or an ounce of credit because my joy comes in watching you flourish and succeed. My joy comes in watching you grow. My joy comes in watching you overcome and become all God's called you to be. I'm not doing this so that you can brag about me. I'm doing this because God is good, and I believe in the call in your life. These are the kinds of relationships you need to foster in your life. Do whatever you can to stay away from the negative ones. They always want to drag you down into their pity party, don't they? Don't go. It's just not a good party, I guarantee you. Not very fun, not cool whatsoever. The last one, enlarged commitment. We could go on all day on this. Enlarged commitment requires time. It requires talent. It requires resources. It requires teamwork. It requires strategy. It requires goals, growth planning, learning, humility, on and on and on the list goes. If we're going to have an enlarged commitment, we're committed to the cause. You know, something that I didn't value too much when I was in my 20s, or certainly not when I was a teenager, was teachability. The older I get, the more I look into Scripture, the more I understand how the body of Christ works. Boy, there's something powerful about humility, unity, and teachability. The Scriptures tell us that God will resist the proud, but he will give grace to the humble. Scriptures tell us he will pour out upon those with a broken and humble heart. That doesn't mean broken as in shattered to pieces. It means truly humble and just understanding that this is all about God. I'm here as a humble vessel. I'm honored that you could even think of flowing through me. I'm honored, God, that you could even think of pouring out your anointing upon me. Who am I? Lord, I know all the things I've done wrong. I know the bad thoughts. I know the attitudes. And you want to pour out your Holy Spirit through me? You want to use me as a vessel to convey your anointing and your power and your presence? It's pretty heavy, but it's also pretty amazing that he chooses us. And this is what you and I have to give to people around us. Next weekend... Uh, most of the male C group leaders in our church, we're heading away for our annual weekend where we pray together, uh, we get to minister with these guys, love on them, do some teaching. You know, and I feel the Lord, he keeps speaking to me over and over and over in the last number of weeks and months as I'm prepared for this and getting ready to go with these guys up north. God keeps speaking to me and saying, you know what you really need to pray for is my Holy Spirit to show up and impact lives, change lives. And that's a heavy, I find that to be almost a bit of a heavy word because I can't manufacture that. 
I could write the greatest lesson I've ever written in my life, and it could be dead as a doorknob if the Holy Spirit doesn't show up. And so I've spoken to some people who I know are prayers in our church, and I've said, be praying next weekend, because I believe God told me he wants to show up and start to work individually. We can have a room full of 15 guys, and the Holy Spirit can change 15 lives at once. That's what I want. Ten years ago or 15 years ago when I was still, you know, new and learning at this and fumbling my way around, I was happy just to get through my lesson without embarrassing myself when I went away. I'm not interested in my lesson anymore. I'm interested in the Holy Spirit showing up and changing our lives. I don't care if I say a word. If we show up there the first night and we all hit the floor in the presence of God, thank you, Jesus. It's all about him. It's all about the Holy Spirit. God wants to use you and I to be vessels that he flows through vessels that he can pour into knowing that we're going to take his anointing we're going to take his spirit we're going to take his power and it's going to pour out of us it's going to flow out of us this is what you and I this is what we need to strive for stop looking at so many other things as a measure of success a true measure of success for you and I as believers is is the Holy Spirit flowing through and out of me am I being a vessel the Holy Spirit can flow through Am I being a vessel that the Holy Spirit could say, yes, I'm able to come and fill you more and more because you're expanding your capacity more and more. You're putting away sin more and more. You're putting away those old wrong thoughts and attitudes more and more. You're, you're making a bigger vessel available for me to flow through. We can train ourselves and intentionally live to be expanded and to take in more of his presence. And this is what God wants to do in our lives. <coughs> Your God has a whole pile of huge jugs. He's more than happy to pour out on you. More than happy to pour out on you. Stop listening to that lie of the enemy that tells you you've plateaued. Stop listening to that person who chirps in your ear all the time that you're no good. Stop looking, reliving your old mistakes and thinking about the person you used to be. You used to be that person, but you ain't anymore. You're a new creation in Jesus Christ. You and I need to get our eyes back on him and say, Lord, I am focused on one thing and one thing alone, and that's my love relationship with you. I'm going to be busy as a kingdom builder. Those dreams you put in my heart, I'll let you figure those out, how they're all going to come to pass. What I am going to do is what I can do right now. And that's enlarge my capacity. Love the people around me. Be busy in your kingdom. And watch your Holy Spirit flow through me in increasing measure. I'd like you to close your eyes this morning. Come on, I... I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to some of you right now. I can, I can tell that he is. I know that he is. This is a critical moment. This is a key time in our lives. God's calling you to more. He's calling me to more. He's calling us as a church to more. More time in his word. More time in his presence. He wants to pour out upon you and I, and he wants to see his anointing flow through us. The day is going to come where we're going to see healings and miracles take place here. We're going to come into this place and we're going to see people popping out of wheelchairs. We're going to see people walking who've never walked, seeing who've never seen. We're going to start to see God show up and repair families and homes that look to be destroyed. Young people that look to be ruined and addicted on everything imaginable. The Holy Spirit is going to show up and start to do incredible things as he's able to flow through us more freely. This is the call and the destiny This is what he meant when he said, you will do greater things than I in the days ahead. Not by going around making it about us, 
Not by going around wanting recognition. Not by going around saying, look at me. No, God, I want your spirit to flow through me. A humble, genuine heart that comes broken and honest before our God. It says, Lord, I just need you and only you. Lord God, I pray for every person here this morning. Lord, I see you speaking, and I know you're speaking to us. You're calling us to a new place with you. It's time for us to leave behind where we've been, and it's time for us to step into a new season. It's time for us to advance into a new territory. Lord, and I pray this morning that we would have hearts and eyes of faith to understand that what you're calling us to, we can do. We can expand. We can extend ourselves. We can see our capacity grow. Lord, I pray this morning that this would be something that just is imparted into each of us. Keep your eyes closed for a minute. If you're here this morning and you would sincerely and honestly say that the Holy Spirit, he's just hitting you right now. He's speaking to you and saying, come on, this is your time. New level of surrender, new level of anointing, new level in my presence. This is what I'm calling you to, and this is what you're going to leave today and start to work towards. If that's you and you're committed to that, can I see your hand? Because I want to pray with you before we do anything else here this morning. If you're saying, yep, I know, it's my time to surrender for more. I'd like you guys to come on up to the front, those with your hands up. We're going to take just a few minutes. We've only got, you know, five, six minutes here. But I want us to come up in a posture of surrender. I don't want chit-chat in the room. The Holy Spirit is here right now. I want you to come on up to the front, lift your hands up to the Lord, and just begin to tell God, Lord, I surrender and I give my life to you. Lord, I want to go deeper. I want to go to the next level. Lord God, I want all that you have for me. Lord, I'm committed to expanding. I'm committed to extending. I'm committed to becoming all that you've called me to be. Yeah, feel free. Come, keep coming on up. If this is you. This is in your heart. And you would say, yes, I want God's fullness in my life. All that he has for me in my life. I'm not content anymore to just stay where I've been. Lift your hands up to the Lord. And just begin to tell the Lord, I give my life to you in a fresh way this morning. I give everything to you. I surrender myself to you. Lord, I want to be a clean vessel that you can pour through. Just like we sung this morning, I want to be, you to be able to flow through me. I want you to be able to pour your spirit out upon me. Thank you, Jesus. Those in your seats, if you, if you need to leave, please, please do so quietly. Otherwise, why don't you stand up and stretch your hands out to the Lord. Begin to pray in tongues. Let's fill this place with God's Spirit here for a few minutes. Come on, this is an encounter with God. The Holy Spirit is going to show up right now and touch every single one of these ones at the front. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Come on, sing a new song in your heart to your God this morning. Sing a new song to him. Lord, I give myself to you. I want more of you, and I want to present a bigger vessel for you to flow into. Jesus, Jesus, more of your spirit here today, oh God. We need your anointing. We need your presence to flow through us and impartation to start to be the norm. Miracles to start to be the norm. Breakthrough to start to be the norm.
Come on, I want you to give everything over to the Lord this morning. Lift your hands to him and say, God, I surrender it all. Even the deep, dark places that I've not...